I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, April 29, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So the market continues to grind along. For the most part, the majority of the day, the market spent hovering around the highs of the day, around 2,950 in the S&P E-mini futures and around 294 in the SPY, give or take. The market was very quiet. There was, once again, very, very light volume. I'm going to address the volume question slash the volume issue once again tonight. It gets talked about a lot. I just want to give you my perspective on volume and how I look at volume. You can look at volume any way you like. I'm just going to give you my viewpoint, my perspective. And I have another laundry list of items to discuss. And if I remember to continuously look back and forth to my notes, we'll be in fantastic shape. Before we really get rolling, let me just thank everybody for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, and only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with anyone you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. Let's first go over some of the things that we have on the docket this week. We've been leading up to this week. We've been discussing a lot of the things that were on the docket this week. Here we are this week. Let's rehash them. So we have the end of the month. That's always an exciting time. At the end of the month, if the market's up, it likely stays up into the first part of the following month. Not all the time, of course, but it does a lot of the time. There's a number of reasons why. There's A, monthly performance. Whether or not that has anything to do with it or not, who knows? It's just an item that's on the table. Mutual fund, hedge fund, monthly performance. I know they measure in quarters, but rest assured, they also measure in months. We have money flow the first part of the following month. So the first part of May, you have money flowing into retirement accounts. That usually leads to some bullish behavior the first part of the month. But that's not it. But wait, there's more. We have a Fed meeting this week. So there's a two-day meeting. It starts on Tuesday. It ends on Wednesday. The market tends to be quiet around that Fed announcement, around that Fed meeting leading up to the Wednesday afternoon announcement. We'll see what happens this week. There are a lot of earnings on the board this week. I think this may be the heaviest week of the earnings season. Google reported after the closing bell today, They're getting hit by about $57 as I make this video. Might as well go take a look. Here's Google trading down at $12.20. Closed out the day at $12.96. You never know where it opens up tomorrow. This could turn around in the next 15 minutes. Just giving you a snapshot of a point in time. Back to the broader picture. What else do we have on the table this week? We also have... Uber, I believe, is going to come public this week. I think there's another big one on the board, which is called Slack. Not too familiar with Slack. I don't quite understand exactly what they do, but it seems to be getting a lot of fanfare. I haven't really looked into it. It just is another IPO, another big money-producing IPO. 
And when I say money producing, think about who they're producing money for. They're producing money for A, the early investors that invested way before the IPO, pre-IPO, the institutional investors, the private money, the private equity firms, the seed round of capital, the venture capital, all those things. Those people are cashing out. They don't necessarily have to sell all their shares, but they are selling some of their shares. They are getting a payday. The founders of the company are getting a payday. Early employees are getting a payday. There's lockup periods, I get all that, but just conceptually speaking, we're not 100% sure of exactly who gets to cash out on the IPO day and who does not. The point is, there's a lot of money on the table. The investment banks that bring the companies public make a ton of money. There's a lot of money on the table with these IPOs. That's why we've seen a flurry of them over the last several weeks. We will continue to see them come out until the market is no longer a viable place to launch an IPO. I don't mean that in the perpetuity sense. I just mean that in the it's a bull market sense. Let's get them out. What else do we have? The market's in an uptrend. Let's not lose sight of that. The trend is your friend until it's not. We say that every single day. We'll continue to say that because the market is in an uptrend. Doesn't really matter how we look at the market in terms of what time frame we choose to look at it from. We can look at it on a daily chart. It's in an uptrend. You can look at the weekly chart. You can see it's pretty obvious. We're hovering around the all-time highs. The all-time high print was 293.94. I think we spiked through that today a little bit. The high today happened to be 294.45. We did not close above the high. However, we are flirting with the all-time highs. You have to think that at this point, they're going to make new highs. They're going to close at new highs. They may not do it tomorrow. The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew may be in town, but they'll likely do it and there could be another vortex to the upside. Now, and when I say vortex, I'm not talking about another 150, 200 S&P points, another 1,500 Dow points. That's not what I'm talking about right now. But another smaller version of a vortex could be another 30 to 40 S&P handles. We have 297 on the board. We're at 294. Doesn't seem so far-fetched right now. Could it be 298? Could it even be 300? Of course it can. We're in no man's land when we're at new highs, or we would be in no man's land at 297. When we're at new highs, it's very hard, it's very difficult and challenging to pinpoint exactly what number the market might turn. But like I always say, time is much more important than price, and now I can safely say the market is really beginning to run out of time. We'll see if we get a sell in May and go away type of year this year, but the media, the pundits, all across the board are extremely bullish, and that really is becoming a fertile ground for a nice Sunday surprise at some point in time, most likely sooner than later. But right now, the trend is up, and it is until it's not. Putting the hourly chart in perspective, again, we're above all the moving averages, we can still come down a little bit more if the market finds the need. But look what you have right below price. You have where a market consolidated for a while. Just so happens it's right beneath the 20-period moving average on the hourly chart. 
So under normal market garden variety conditions, the market would find support around that general area below 293. Does it have to go there? No, it doesn't have to go there. I'm just looking at the hourly chart and the first thing I see, where is the likely area of support if the market decides to continue falling as it did from the end of the day today and if it does into the beginning of the day tomorrow, there is a very, to me at least, obvious area of natural support Unless, of course, we have a large gap down at the open, which could happen. And if that does happen, my traders from inside the numbers will have the relevant numbers. I just made mention that toward the end of the day, we saw a sell-off. We began to see a pattern of that last week. It didn't necessarily happen on Friday. We got a nice spike higher on Friday leading into the weekend. That's not necessarily anything out of the ordinary. But... We did see once again today at the end of the day, the market did sell into the closing bell, which is interesting. All in all, the market really didn't do anything. The S&P was up three points today. That's pretty close to a rounding error. The Dow was up 11 points. That is a rounding error. The Nasdaq was up 15 points. That's outside the rounding error spectrum. But what we didn't have was a rounding error in the IWM. The IWM is making an attempt to break out to new recent highs. That number is 159.50. That comes from right here. The high is 159.50. We tried to peak above today. The high today happened to be 159.61. So by 11 cents, they spike above the high and then they close below the high. That doesn't necessarily mean anything by itself. They made an attempt, but the market is strong. We finished up one half of 1% up 81 cents in the IWM on a day when the S&P is flat. The IWM, as you know, is my favorite market leading indicator. So that's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We're above all the moving averages. The IWM is not bearish. On the daily chart, it is in an uptrend, therefore it is still bullish. What about the flip side? My second favorite market leading indicator is the transports, and the transports once again found themselves falling, diverging from the rest of the market. Can this be the canary in the coal mine? We know it's generally a canary in the coal mine. It's really just a matter of by how much. So here we are again, the canary was on the way up, the canary may be on the way down, it's worked before, it'll likely work again, and here we are, the transports made a high, and now a few days later, they've traded away from that high, and the S&P continues to grind higher, the IWM continues to grind higher, other markets continue to grind higher, the financials had a very strong day, we'll get to those in a moment, yet the transports continue to struggle. Remember the weekly chart of the transports. We mapped this out long before it happened. You'll remember there were two important breakdown levels on the transports. One right here at 11,044 and another one up here at 11,245. And we discussed the fact that even if they got above the first one, there would be more overhead resistance as they approached the second breakdown candle. Where did they go? someplace in between definitely a puzzle piece definitely on the table i always watch the transports very very closely as i do the iwm and a lot of other markets but especially the transports it's near and dear to my heart just to keep something in the back of our mind 
keeping in mind the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, and also where we are on the chart. So here in the transportation department, we have what would naturally be a part of the chart where there would be some natural support coming up. Now, let's just say for argument's sake, the transports came into this natural support and we began to see a vortex to the upside in the other markets, the SPY, the IWM, the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the like. We would probably see the transports turn around and show bullish behavior in concert with everything else, but keep in mind, if they do that, and they come short of making another high once again, that's if that hypothetical scenario plays out, right? So we come down a little bit, and then we start back up. If we then make another lower high, for argument's sake, this is hypothetical, that would be bearish, that would be a negative divergence, and we would be all over that. We don't know that this will or will not happen. I'm just playing hypotheticals. You're inside my mind. It's what I see on the chart. Sometimes I see something that's very obvious right in front of us. Other times, my mind is operating in a fashion where I'm looking or in visualizing the other markets and what they might do based on what I've seen happen historically. So I'm just trying to give you some insight into those things. Where are we in the sentiment camp? I think it's worth discussing. We're beginning to see some traders who began to short the market prematurely against at least what we're discussing here, but that's okay. Everybody makes their own decision based on what they think and what they feel their best opportunity is in the market. Maybe somebody else makes more sense to that particular trader and they decide to take a short position, and I could certainly be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. So we've started to see some capitulation. Not enough yet, but we're starting to see some traders who were short throw in the towel. That's the beginning sign that we're likely nearing a turning point, but we need more. I haven't seen nearly enough yet. I have a pretty good gauge. I've been doing this long enough to know how many to expect before the market should put in a turn. Over the last few days, they're just starting to roll in. And what specifically I'm referring to are traders that say, hey, I was short, I can't be short anymore, you were right, I'll wait for the signal that we're waiting for. And this certainly isn't a contest on who's right and who's wrong. I don't really care about that. What I care about is keeping people out of trouble. The market or the trend has been up. Therefore, there has been no reason to short the market just yet. We had one blip. We had one potential reversal day. Anybody could have shorted against the high of that day. And guess what? That day happened to be the 17th of April. Here it is. As soon as we closed back above that day, right here on the 23rd, that's it. You're out of the trade. Anybody that wanted to be short the market and did take that trade was able to be wrong, small, and fast. The market will turn but it will turn when it's ready and not before. That's just the way it works. What's going on out in Silicon Valley? Any change in the tech sector? Any change in the queues? Well, not really. There may be tomorrow with Google certainly taking a hit in the earnings after our session, now getting smoked by $70 down to a cool 1,200 bones and change. Here it is. Not fair if I talk about it and not show it to you. The low so far was 1,204 and change but uh, it may or may not be done going down yet. 
not suggesting anything one way or the other with Google, just making mention that it's down $70 and it's going to impact things if it stays down into Tuesday's session. But what about the queues? How much can it impact the queues? Well, look how far above the 20 period moving average we are. 186 and a half is where the 20 period moving average sits. We're above 191 on close today. So there is some white space in between home base and current price. So even if we banter back and forth, there's still nothing wrong with this market, nothing wrong with the trend. We're getting into a heavy, heavy part of earnings season. Google may or may not set the tone for what's to come going forward. We'll find out soon enough. But it's all food for thought. It's all puzzle pieces. It's all on the table. I'm doing a data dump. You're getting my mind map. How about another good indicator for markets? The financial sector. Let's take a stop down on Wall Street and see what we have in the XLF. So we have a bullish day up 30 cents or 1%. That's certainly not negative in any way, shape, or form. We're hovering around 28. You see a horizontal trend line. That's been there for a while. What's the number on that trend line? It's 28.12. What's the high today? 28.13. We backed away from that and closed just short of 28. That's not an accident. That's not a coincidence. I didn't pick that number out of a hat. Now I just raise the bar a little bit. I just move the goalpost to 28.25. That's the next target on the upside as long as we keep going higher. The trend is up, but we are getting far away from home base. Markets don't like to get too far from home base. So what do they do? They come back to home base or they kill some time. They eat some time off the clock and let home base work up to price as they just go sideways. We'll see what the XLF has in store. And we'll also see how financials and the precious metals and other markets react around the Fed announcement on Wednesday. We usually get some type of erratic behavior. Some charts tend to look like an intraday EKG. We'll see what happens on Wednesday, what the Fed has to say. I'm pretty sure the expectations are they're going to do nothing. So if they do do something, we can expect some fireworks. And if they do nothing, we may just get some of that EKG stuff and go along from there. Looking at the SMH, another proxy for the tech sector. So what's interesting is that we see a proxy for the tech sector, which is down. Tech is up, but the SMH, which is looking under the hood within tech, the semis generally a leading indicator one direction or another of the tech space. That's been down a little bit since peaking out above 120. So that's interesting. Definitely a puzzle piece. It's on the table. So we have a couple of divergences out here. We have the transports. That's my favorite canary in the coal mine. And then we have what normally is a leading indicator of the tech space drifting away a little bit from the recent highs. So these are puzzle pieces. They don't necessarily mean anything is imminent, but they're certainly divergences and we certainly have to watch very, very closely. Let's dig a little deeper into that SMH, talk a little bit about the semi-space, and we'll also talk a little bit about Intel. Intel got hit really, really hard the other day, and it also got hit again today. The rest of the market was basically floating around, but Intel remains under pressure. Now, a couple of things I want to show you. Again, 
you're in my mind. I thought this was an interesting chart. I did get some email questions on Intel, so I thought, you know what? Let me pick it apart, and I'll do a little bit of chart anatomy on Intel just to see what's what and to see where my mind is as it relates to Intel. So the big picture is we wiped out a lot of upside in a couple of days in Intel. So that's never really good for the bigger picture. It's unlikely that Intel just turns around and goes back up the other way and just says, never mind, just kidding. That's unlikely. These type of moves are indicative of larger problems underneath the hood. And herein lies what happens to some traders. They see Intel on the way down. They think there's going to be a lot more downside, and there may. So they hop on board, but it's also called shorting in the hole. It's already down a lot. You can't short a stock when it's down like this. It may go down farther right away, but the chances are it's likely to find some interim support sooner than later. So where would that be? Well, when you look at this chart, if I just look at it from a big picture perspective, I say, well, I can see pretty clearly all this in here. The chart or Intel spent a lot of time going back and forth. This is called chart vibration. This is called consolidation. This is called whatever you want. This is called bantering back and forth. And the chances of just cutting through here and continuing to fall out of bed like a stone falling through a trap door are slim to none. So the first thing my eye is drawn to on the downside looking for support really is at current price around the 100 period moving average, but more importantly, the 200 period moving average right around 49. We'll just call it 49 for argument's sake. Is it 48 or is it 50? We're going to find out pretty soon, but I think it's around 49. Intel is likely to find some support. Could spike through it by a little bit, but when you find traders shorting on the way down when it's already down this much, what'll happen is you'll end up with a very violent snapback because there'll be a lot of panic buying that'll ensue if we find an important area. I think that important area is 49. That's my two cents on Intel. Take it for what it's worth. Not suggesting do or do not do anything. I'm just calling it as I see it. I'm playing umpire calling balls and strikes. And with that, folks, I'm going to give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.